I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to to see which one does it better. On this week's second Fanuary Clash, in the red corner, we find out how and why you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies, as we chart the rise and rise of Facebook in 2010's The Social Network. I need to do something substantial in order to get the attention of the clubs. Why? Because they're exclusive and fun, and they lead to a better life. People want to go on the internet and check out their friends, so why not build a website that offers that friends, pictures, profiles. I'm talking about taking the entire social experience of college and putting it online. The site got 2,200 hits within two hours. Thousand. 22,000. This idea is potentially worth millions of dollars. Millions? He stole our website. They're saying we stole the Facebook. I know what it said. So did we. Well, in the blue corner, we find out how and why you can change the world with technology but lose your friends and family in the process as we chart the fall and rise of Apple in 2015 Steve Jobs. What do you do? You're not an engineer. You're not a designer. You can't put a hammer to a nail. I built the circuit board. The graphical interface was stolen. So how come 10 times in a day, I read Steve Jobs as a genius. What do you do? Musicians play their instruments. I play the orchestra. I'm begging you to manage expectations out there. You see how this reminds you of a friendly face? It's warm and it's playful and inviting and it needs to say hello. If you keep alienating people for no reason, there's be no one left for it to say hello to. So what connects these two films and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. The Hello, Clash Podders. I'm Chris Tilly. I'm Vicky Crompton. And Alex Zane is not with us today, meaning we've got to continue Fan Jan without him. <laughs> which also means we get to keep saying Fan Jan. <laughs> which is Do you good. prefer Fan Jan or Fanuary? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Fanuary. Fanuary. Yeah, yeah I like well, that. Well, how are you feeling about easing into Fanuary with our, 
<laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Don't ease into anyone's fanuary. <laughs> How are you feeling about doing this with our third most important wheel missing, Vicky? Oh, oh, um, yeah, obviously. It's, I mean, you always make me answer this question. It's not <laughs> no. the same without him. Um, does, do I sound sincere? It's not the same without him. Uh, but I'm very excited about these films. You can say what you like because we know that he doesn't listen to episodes oh, that he's true. not on. Oh, Whereas yeah. I'm the opposite. I listen oh, to on. episodes. Let me just on... get my little black book of grievances. <laughs> Sorry, where is it? I listen to episodes that I'm not on yeah. because I'm interested in what you guys have to say. Of course. And well, if that's it's an... the idea of the podcast, isn't it? And if it's an episode I'm on, I've already heard. It yes. all. So I'm less interested in the ones I'm on. So you on. prefer the ones that you're not on? Yeah, 100%. Whereas I see Alex an is the opposite. future for this, for this podcast. Alex, Alex is completely the opposite. Um, anyway, uh, right then. Uh, Vicky, what was your clue? Oh, it was, but I like the forbidden fruit. Wasn't Very, it? Yeah, it was. Like that. Yeah. Very good. Um, and then I shot a very funny video in the pub uh, on Alex's phone because I was using my phone as a prop. And then. Keep asking Alex for it. He hasn't sent it to me. Oh, really? So I, I had to kind of do a tweet. And maybe maybe that, that video will be online by the time you hear this. Maybe not, because okay. it depends if Alex ever gets back to me. <laughs> um, but within seconds, uh, Rich Cracknell correctly guessed both movies. So congrats, Rich. You win a bunch of heavily diluted shares in Clash of the Titles. <laughs> so do with them what you will. Um, right, as we are in Fanjan slash Fanuary, uh, yeah. this suggestion came from longtime listener Andrew Logan. Yeah. Who wrote... Uh, I would like to put forward the social network versus Steve Jobs. Firstly, I would like to apologise for suggesting another two Aaron Sorkin films. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I love both these films so much. Well, we like him, so that's fine. Yeah. Uh, both films are examinations, in my opinion, of deeply unlikable men that have shaped the world through technological innovation. Uh, the two leading roles aim to capture the essence of their subjects rather than going for imitation. But for me, the most interesting thing about the two films is the contrast in their structure. I think Steve Jobs has one of the most unique takes on the biographical genre the triptych structure of the three different product launches gives it an almost like a, a play-like staging that mm. i think uh the directing job danny ball did uh, to give it energy has been very underrated mm. um so thanks for that andrew i hope we do both films justice but also this is a pairing you wanted to do yeah i've wanted to do it for a while because i have always <clears throat> really liked the social network and it makes it just makes a lot of sense so i was very glad when i saw that andrew logan had suggested it that which is why i was allowed to pick it <laughs> so I did or, or yeah it was, you were, you picked it I picked it yeah because yeah. I floated it once on our whatsapp but you both said no and so now that a listener I is unsure I think I'm sure <laughs> just a flat no is what I remember uh, <laughs> but here we are eventually so bide your time Vicky and you'll get what you want um well congratulations to you too thank you um so connection section oh quite a lot it's so, good isn't it yeah there's so many strange little connections which i guess come from aaron sorkin but also i guess because they're both about the same era yeah at the end of tech things yeah happening. and wasn't david so uh did was david fincher supposed to direct steve jobs mm, yeah that's, that's mad isn't it yeah i remember when it was announced it yeah. was it was it was Fincher, it was Sorkin writing, Fincher directing, Christian Bale starring. And you thought, Ooh, oh, yeah, that makes exciting. a lot of sense. Uh, Alan Turing gets a mention in both. He films. does. He the does. Beatles, which is a fun one. So the Beatles are on the soundtrack to Social Network at mm. the end. And Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak have an argument in Steve Jobs about being John and Ringo. Mm. Good, isn't it? Good one. I thought a, you'd like that. Good one. Uh, Bill Gates is in both films. 
So where is he in Steve Jobs? Um, he's the one that's talking about the invention of the internet. It's a news. Oh yeah. It's a news interview with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You'd imagine he would pop up in both. Sure. Um, the Crimson is in both films. The, oh, yeah, the newspaper yeah, at Harvard. Yeah, yeah, good spot. Um, what else is there? Well, three is a big thing um, in both films. It's three depositions mm. um, that the story's crafted from in the first film and three product launches that the story's crafted from in the second one. You know why that is. Rule of three. Rule of three. That's all it is. <laughs> triptychs. We'll be talking about triptychs more. Um, I did think when I was watching them that one was a superhero origin story and the other was a supervillain origin story. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Zuckerberg's about to go real evil and Jobs is about to go real good. Angelic, yeah. Mm. Um, I also feel like both films have admissions towards the end that this is all bollocks. In terms of the how realistic it's they are. It's Aaron Sorkin telling you... I've made up this. Yeah. It happens, I think, um, Rashida Jones's character, um, she says that depositions are either exaggerated or perjury. Sure. That's what the film's been built on. Yeah. And then um, Fassbender, I think, is interesting when he says in, um, Steve Jobs says in Steve Jobs, how crazy it is that five minutes before he goes on stage, everyone tells him what they think of him like they've just got drunk in a bar, mm. which would never happen. Never happens. And that's Sorkin yeah. telling us, yeah, this is bullshit. This yeah. would never happen. Yeah. Um, and the other one uh, that I, in my research, it sounds like Aaron Sorkin did the same stopwatch trick with both films, where the script was too long, uh, the studios were nervous about it, and so he literally timed the script with him saying it on a stopwatch or in front of people to show that 200 pages can be said in two hours. If you speak as quickly as, as he Aaron makes Sorkin. people talk. And that's yeah. the job. That's the job, though, that for these actors, you have to speak as fast as Aaron Sorkin. So yeah. once he's proved it, then it's on you. Yeah. That's all I've got. Brilliant. I enjoyed that one, though. <laughs> Um, so with Alex not here, you're presenting Alex. Uh, that means on Thursday, uh, I'll be having a massive jobs. Uh, but today, <laughs> uh, you are networking socially. So take us on a journey, Vic. You don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies and objectifying women and betraying your best friend and accidentally, allegedly, installing a racist in the White House big chair. What? Sorry, skipping ahead to the sequel where you don't get to a billion followers without allegedly spreading fake news and extremist propaganda, enabling Russian interference in the US election and dabbling in fucking Brexit and later allegedly fueling the fire that led to the actual storming of the actual US Capitol. Still, at least Mark Zuckerberg didn't monetize Facebook and kept it cool if you discount the thousand adverts I get for period pants and gin subscription boxes every time I log on to see if my ex has been in touch or the fact that my data has been reaped and harvested for over a decade without my informed consent. Although I do really like gin, so who cares? And at least I haven't fallen prey to the effects of open-loop feedback systems, such as a short attention... What? <laughs> do you like that? Yes. Uh, much better than Alex would have ever done. Do you so, think so? Yes. And you had to do that last minute, so good work, Vicky. Thank you so much. Um, so, I, do have a, I remember exactly where I was. It's not a thrilling oh. story, but when I saw this... I'm not a massive, and I never have been a massive Facebook user. I use it very lightly in the same way that everybody did. So when I first signed up, I used it a lot to stalk exes mm. and people I went to school with. And then I just kind of got bored of it. And when I had my first child, I was like, oh, well, this is what Facebook is for our people. You know, it's, it is quite boring. It is just baby pictures. And I realised I didn't want to use it. And it, not out of any sort of privacy concerns. I just was over. I was so over seeing other people's baby photos that I thought I'm not going to add to the problem by adding more baby photos onto Facebook. And so then I kind of went off it. But 
So anyway, so this is all to say, when I was at my sister's house one Christmas, my brother-in-law was like, let's put the social network on. And I was like, oh God, I've been kind of avoiding it. I don't really want to watch it. And within about 30 seconds, I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've avoided for ages. I was mm. so, so gripped, so blown away. And I've watched it a few more times since then because of the script and the dialogue and all the rest of it. Mm. So there we are. What about you? Yeah, I was excited to see this. Uh, the, you know, when this was announced, it didn't sound all that interesting. But obviously, when you hear Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher working together, you think, oh, that could be something. And I remember just the trailer being still one of my top five trailers of all time, where they use that choral version of Creep by Radiohead. Oh, yeah. They've got that tagline that you mentioned about the 500 million friends without making few enemies. The marketing and the trailer was just so fantastic. You just thought this is this is really going to be something. Mm. And also, I was quite, I was a quite a big Facebook user. I thought it was fantastic because the funny thing is, I was working for IGN at the time and at the time IGN was part of a little company called Fox Interactive Media and it was Rotten Tomatoes, IGN, Arsemen.com and MySpace. Mm. And so I sat by MySpace for five years watching... Sorry, did you say Arsemen? Askmen. Askmen? Yeah. Who asked? Askmen what? what, what that's, this is it. What do you want to know? <laughs> what would you like to know? Just the men know? What kind of socks should you wear? Oh, was it like a men's lifestyle thing? Yes, it was. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought it was like a search engine, but it's like, nope. why ask women? And it all began <laughs> over a pair of socks. Someone, okay. The guy who invented it thought, oh, I wish someone could tell that person what socks I feel a little bit prickly that. about that because obviously we'll get to it on Thursday, but the Steve Jobs things were like, that's that's what men do. Men stick up for each other. That's what men do. It's like, oh, what, what do people do, <laughs> Steve? So I'm just feeling a bit prickly. So but we'll get onto that later. Yeah, but I think there's a reason he says that. It's, it's... Is it because of Ask Men? No, we'll oh, get to it. Men. Okay, we'll get to it. So, so I was sitting by MySpace for five years, watching them go from being at the top of the social media pyramid yeah. Yeah. to being at the bottom. Yeah, and it was really interesting watching in the office it happen in front of your eyes, where the people who worked on MySpace were spending half their day on Facebook right. open on their computers <laughs> while yeah. they were spatting money. Yeah, um, and so it was interesting going to see how what I watched happen in the office happened in real life, and it's. Yeah. You kind of get little glimpses of that, some of the Sean Parker stuff here. Mm. So, yeah, that was my history with it. Um, so, background, uh, just full disclosure, uh, I haven't done any background into this because uh, we had a staffing issue <laughs> last night mm -hmm. and I didn't have time. I know it's an adaptation of a book <laughs> called The Accidental Billionaire. Yeah. And um, it, won, it by, won Best Adapted Screenplay. By Ben Mesrick. Yes. Um, I've not read that Ben Mesrick book. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, wrote, I read Bringing Down the House, which was turned into the film 21. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The book's better. Oh, he does well then, doesn't he? He's, yeah, he's good at that kind of thing. Getting his shit options. Um, but I hadn't read it, but it's what, I guess what's interesting about this is, is the book was being written at the same time as the screenplay, which is quite a strange thing. So this wasn't strange. an adaptation. Oh, okay. Especially as there's somewhat contradictory quotes from Aaron Sorkin on this. Um, he said two or three times we'd get together, talking of him and Ben Meserich, I'd go to Boston or we'd meet in New York and kind of compare notes and share information, but I didn't see the book until he was done with it. By the time I saw the book, I was probably 80% done uh, with the screenplay. Right. Okay. So, yeah, they were happening side by side and... Um, Sorkin says he himself interviewed uh, a number of people. Uh, unlike the Steve Jobs project, he, kept, he, kept, he keeps all his sources anonymous, Sorkin does. Mm. I mean, I think you can guess who he probably spoke yeah. to. <laughs> but um, yeah, and he said he decided when he realised there were three different depositions, 
he decided to he dramatize. Said, Thank you to the gods of <laughs> yes. depositions. <laughs> I decided to dramatize the idea that there were three different versions of the story being told. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, let's um, unless there's any other trivia, we'll just just get on with the film. Is there shall anything we? else I've got? Hold on. Let me just have a quick look. Um, it was quite interesting how they did the background of it. There's a, there's a great there's a feature documentary where you on the DVD where you see the three weeks of rehearsal and planning they did, and he's got Andrew Garfield, Jesse Eisenberg. David Fincher, Aaron talking round the table, going through every single word, and wow! Oh, in order to get the to get the script right, wow! Sorkin's script isn't finished, you know. Yeah. Sorkin's in on it, but Fincher wants to know why every single word is there. Well, because he's getting to the clog. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. He's and like, so, if we can trim anything, we should trim you something. Know, you've got them debating, "I'm CEO, bitch," for ages, and it's it's riveting because then you've also got the actors who are saying it. This doesn't sound right, or that why is this here? So that's quite um fascinating that's interesting you would because i'm i've taken i understand there's a huge dose of like dramatic license in the aaron sorkin's version of events of you know how it really happened but i obviously don't know what to disregard and what to go oh that that definitely definitely happened Mm. so the i'm ceo bitch thing is a really interesting moment isn't it because it does it's definitely something mark zuckerberg wouldn't say because it's really reaching for cool but it falls because people you know it's a stupid thing to say and it's because it's Sean Parker that suggests it. Mm. That's so brilliant because then Eduardo doesn't like it and all the rest of mm. it. And that moment where he gets all the business cards printed is a moment, you know, there's moments shot through where you're supposed to feel sympathy for Mark Zuckerberg. And mm. that is one of those moments, even though he's got this quite very uh, brash, gross thing on his business card. So it's interesting that the actors were a bit like, just before we do it, we need to make sure that it feels correct because mm. it does stick out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and in terms of casting, Finch has said he saw... He saw every teen actor in town. He watched all the independent films and he was recommended Jesse Eisenberg. He'd already seen Squid and the Whale and he said, I thought this could this character could do without Jesse's sweetness. Oh, okay. So he didn't want to cast him. Yeah. Uh, Jesse himself, they, they were the auditions happened. People were using sides from West Wing. Yeah. And he refused. Right. He said, I'm not doing that. It doesn't feel right. Um, it wouldn't serve my interest to use a different script to get this role. And so they let him have the real side. He did. He put himself on tape doing the opening scene. Yeah. And Fincher um, gave him the part, showed it to Aaron, and he said it was just deal done. Yeah, because I don't think Jesse Eisenberg thinks he's very sweet, does he? Because some of the roles he does, he's obviously like Lex Luthor. And mm. he, what's the other one that got on my nerves a bit? Can't remember. Um, he, I think. He, oh no! The, oh, that that magician film that I hate. What's that called? Oh, now, now you see, see me. me. Yeah. Fucking hell, I hear that film. <laughs> he doesn't think he is this sweet indicator. He's come across as, as less than sweet in interviews as well since yeah. then that have sort of gone viral. So it's interesting that that was what he thought about him before he worked with him. And then, um, uh, interestingly, in the reverse, Andrew Garfield, um, Fincher was sent Boy A and Red Riding wow. to see Andrew okay. Garfield. So obviously he thought he was great. And he said, I met him for Zuckerberg. But I, he felt that his access to his own emotions would—it would be a tragedy to take that away from him. Okay. He can be such an emotional actor, and then yeah. to make him play a robot. Yeah. So he said, "You're Eduardo. <laughs> You're not Mark Zuckerberg." That reminds me. I was I, for re- for this, the research I did. I just looked at some more pictures of Mark Zuckerberg, especially in Congress, because I'm sort of like, well, most people are like, I'm semi-obsessed with his hair, his presentation. <laughs> How not to answer a question. Because I'm obsessed with PR as well. Like, you have unlimited resources. And someone sat in front of you and said, do this, say this, don't do this kind of thing. Do you think, when COVID dies down because he doesn't want anything to steal focus, do you think Mark Zuckerberg is going to say, for the last four or five years, 
I've not even been here. It's been an actual robot that looks exactly like me, but I've been putting my body into stasis because I want to live forever. So I wheel out the Mark Zuckerberg robot, which is why, because you know the uncanny valley thing? He's so nearly human, but there's something not right. Um, Vicky, would you mind if we cut that? <laughs> because I think that's no. our next script. <laughs> and I don't want it getting out there. I want to see that movie. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were being a legal eagle then, but no, no. great because I suppose he's fantastic. He's not that litigious. Five stars. <laughs> what a way to kick off the show! Um, and we're going I guess we'll get on to um, the Winklevosses, but but famously, um, an actor called Josh Pence auditioned with Army Hammer to yeah. play the other Winklevoss twin, and then they decided in pre-production that they could use technology to make, put Army Hammer's head on his body. <laughs> And so this poor bloke thought yeah. he was in the new Finch film and he was. I mean, he gets one line, which we'll get to. But yeah, he was cut out of it. And then Finch is watching it on the do, while doing this commentary that I listened to. And he said that sometimes on set or when I, we were in the edit bay, <laughs> I couldn't tell if we'd replaced his head or not. They look so similar. And so he said, I think we might have wasted all that money. <laughs> and that's what I've got. Brilliant. All right, well, let's talk about this film this amazing film and I, I am going to start at the very start which mm. is an I, I think I don't know is it unusual it's just often opening scenes do a lot to establish character and plot and all the rest of it but this one is is superlative in terms of there's a quite a, there's too much going on you can establish the character much quicker than is done here mm-hmm. but it's such a pleasure and a joy and a lesson to watch this scene I've watched it I've rewound it I've watched it dozens of times and I, I don't want to cheat and put subtitles on, so I still don't know everything that has been said. No, because you can't hear it all. Yeah. Uh, but he And that's, you know, it's Fincher. He's, that's not an accident. He's doing that on purpose. I think what it's doing, not only is it setting up um, the foundation of his character, but it's, it's setting up the pace of the film. Yep. And it's telling the audience you're going to have to pay attention. Yeah. Because you can't hear all of this and you're really going to... We're going to be talking about China and rowers and sex <laughs> yeah. and all this stuff, <laughs> yeah. all, all in the same sentences sometimes. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it works brilliantly. He, he said he um, auditioned um, a lot of actresses. He was looking for someone like Catherine Ross from The Graduate, he said, and Rooney Mara. He said she pushed back with just the right amount of sharpness. Yeah. Like the moment when her character tries to let it pass and then can't and then he said Rooney was the most capable in her vivisection of Mark Zuckerberg yeah it's so important that she's not just a pushover because he is insulting to her so I love the I love the way that you, again like classic Aaron Sorkin they're parrying with each other they're sparring with each mm. other he has the upper hand because his, he's setting the pace of the conversation Mark Zuckerberg is and let's be honest, his brain does work quicker than anybody else's. So mm-hmm. that's always going to happen to you if you're in that situation with him. But I believe um, we're also seeding in. He's obsessed with final clubs. He uh, He's never going to row a crew. These things will pay off later. And they're so satisfying when they pay off. And even when she says to him, when Erica is mocking him about, he's saying he'll introduce her to people she would never normally get to meet if he gets into a final club. And she's like, oh, you would do that for me, which he then uses later when he meets the Winklevoss twins. And it's a moment that you think, oh, he has listened to her on some level. It's all absolutely fucking brilliant. But it also establishes that he is quite pathetic in his own way because he's, he is obsessed with celebrity and status in a, in a very Harvard way. Um, and he's not cool and he's not likeable and he's not aspirational. And you're still going to follow him on this journey. It's, it's just such a superlative scene. I love it. Um, and you know how mischievous Fincher can be, like with Fight Club, with the trailers for Fight Club and then the subliminal messaging he put in there. Um, he said on the commentary that he really wanted, uh, with this scene, to start it during the trailers in the cinema before the movie. Right. So you would hear snatches of this conversation coming into the trailers more and more until the film started. Brilliant. 
crazy. And yeah. yeah, he said that would never, I would never have been able to do it. But he just <laughs> yeah. said, that's how I wanted this film to begin. Yeah. And so the important point, I guess, if we're, and we're actually sort of stripping it down a little bit, but in terms of your building blocks of your script, the kind of important thing with the overarching theme of this scene is that Erica feels enabled to call him an asshole because he, he's sort of chiding her about going to Boston University rather than Harvard and that she doesn't have to study because it's, you know, simple and all the rest of it. But he then does invent Facebook because he is kind of an asshole, as his ex has told him. So he does the face smash, This you know, it is gross, um, on girls and... Mm. And then he, which eventually sort of puts him in the path of the Winklevoss twins. So I, did, I mean, for the first time I watched this, I didn't know much about it. I thought Army Hammer was a twin, so I didn't know mm. he was one person because I'd not heard of him. So mm. imagine my surprise when the credits roll. Um, I didn't know the stuff about Josh Pence, but I just thought Army Hammer was two people. So credit to him for yeah, doing that. He did the job. And also, um, as I've mentioned on this podcast about a million times. I've just got a bit of a boner for like the dark academia stuff that you get through like Donna Tartt's secret history and both Winklevoss twins and therefore Army Hammer are the complete embodiment to me of that privileged expectation. They look great in a sweater and they roll crew. And I just want to be in that world as much as you do when you read the secret history. Just think they're so good at it. He's so good at it. I'm going to keep calling them them because I'm still convinced Army Hammer might be two people. Okay. It's an issue. Uh, Let's hope not based on recent events in in the real world or double lawsuits so (laughs) winner winner (laughs) Um, it's interesting though the scene when he is creating uh the website is some of the stuff he's saying and you're seeing on screen is taken from the real um blog that that um uh, zuckerberg was writing that night it Mm. was jessica alona rather than erica albright was this girl did she change her name i think she might have because that's it's it's tricky to track her down yeah, I, I, he started off by saying, "I believe uh, Jessica Alona is a bitch," but Great. then, as far as I know, he doesn't go on to talk about her breast size and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just that is gone. He's more interested in doing this, and so I think they played up that it's all about her. Yes, when it, I don't think it is. No, and the real world is not like that, is it? Because they they're not. He's not. She's not the sort of Erica is not the sort of ex where you like. It seemed like a very long term relationship, and he's not especially hurt by their. He's um, embarrassed a bit, maybe, hmm. and put out and spiteful. But he's, I don't think he's heartbroken and the way that you use that heartbreak to like get revenge kind of thing. But you need to make him not a robot. Yes. So it, that's why it's there. Yes, because the reality is, and he said this, I think he said it to Oprah Winfrey where, uh, just after this film came out. He said, I didn't create Facebook uh, to spite a girl. Mm. I did it because I like building things. Yeah, yeah. And, and I believe it. Yeah, you, I can believe him. Yeah. yeah, but this this is more... Uh, this gives us a, a through line, doesn't it? It this... does. And he is completely unlikable, but you need to follow what he's up. You don't have to like him and you don't by the end, really. They don't reach for some sort of no. uh, redeeming feature, but you have to be able to empathise with why he's doing what he's doing. And you're not a genius like he is. So he has to do something that you recognise, which is want to get back at an ex mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so, you know, does he steal the idea from... The Winklevoss twins and Divya Narendra, or does he not? Because the idea for their idea for the Harvard connection, as we then find out through the depositions and we mm. start cutting back and forth, which is awesome, he did string them along for a month or so before he launched Facebook. And he didn't say that he didn't steal their code. And I do agree with him in that scene where he's talking to Dustin, I think, or someone else. Mm. If someone builds a chair and then everybody builds a chair, like you don't owe the person that built a chair any royalties. And I do, I believe he, I believe he didn't steal their code. If he says he didn't, I believe he was inspired by their idea. You can't copyright an idea. Blah blah blah. 
I do think he was foolish to string them along for a month if he really did in real life because they do have grounds to sue and they did win some money. Mm -hmm. But he should have just extricated himself straight away and then invented Facebook. I but I suppose he doesn't think on that level. I agree. And it's hard to, you know, we're just expressing our opinions on it based on this and then based on reading, the, based on reading around the subject. But I think you're right. I don't think the idea germinates if he hasn't had the conversation with the twins. Mm. And I equally... There's no way this happens without Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, he's the key in all this. Yeah, it's, it's so it's uh, yeah. I'm with you. I think I think they can both both sides can be right in what they believe. Yeah, and also it's just the newness, isn't it? Because the Harvard connection is an elitist shitty idea for an elitist shitty dating site. Yeah. Um, but the first person to build a chair ever, the first cave person to put a platform on a balanced base, which I probably is the dictionary definition of a chair. I bet the next cave person to do it, he was the he, he she was like, sorry, that's mine because mm. it's new. So it's just because chairs are old now, I believe. So that's why it makes sense to use chairs as the metaphor. And he, he successfully sued him in Flintstone Court as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually happened. <laughs> Brutal. 65 million Bits of whatever skin to use as clothes. It's, it's not skin. <laughs> fur, fur. Let's what go with fur. People, fur. Yeah. yeah. Or food. Or skin. Skin is more science than the labs. <laughs> the skin suit. So just imagine breathless yourself. I've got. Oh no, you know, you're not. Into, okay, no, fair, fair I'm, enough. I'm fair wearing enough. Betty today. <laughs> what did I mean? I meant dried skin fur. <laughs> A hide. That's what I meant. A hide. Anyway, okay. Oh, do you know what? Let's have a break on that note. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
2021 was a year like no other in European football. And 2022 promises to be even more eventful. On the Continent is your weekly guide to all the biggest stories across Europe. What was highlighted again in this game against Malmo was just how desperately that team needs something different up front. Alvaro Morata is not right now the number nine they need, and I don't think Moise Kenny is either. We're joined by the best European football experts to get to the bottom of the stories at the top of your newsfeed. I think Real Madrid is a very logical place for him to go. And if you want that to be an option, it's not a bad idea to make Real Madrid think that you might go to Barcelona. <laughs> but from Holland's side of it, it's very beneficial that uh, Barcelona are at least pretending they can afford him. Come join us every Thursday on Football Ramble Presents. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. All right, so we use the Erica device again here in, to explain why. Facebook would want to expand outside of Harvard and into other schools because Mark Zuckerberg runs into Erica and she doesn't want to know him kind of thing. And she's never heard of this face, the Facebook that he's invented. Um, and also Eduardo wants to monetize it. So he's sowing the seeds of inter- whether it's true or not, but where this film will show us that this is where the two best friends are going to diverge and, and fall it, out. And it was interesting at the time working, because um, I, I did work for MySpace some weeks when there was, you know, interviews okay. to be done for them. And it was interesting sort of being on that team and watching Facebook not monetize and thinking, is yeah. this going to work? Like it, it was just building and building and building. And, you know, it's, its price was going up on the stock market and it just seemed like it was, or in terms of valuation rather, and it just seemed like um, this is either a stroke of genius or this could all collapse. It's, and of a, course- it's a brilliant idea because we all know it's not cool. And now that Facebook does have adverts, and then Facebook is a different beast to it, what it was when it started. Yes. And the, the most benevolent side of it is that you get a few adverts in your feed selling you shit that you've shown or I've noticed actually because me and Mark he's so, I don't know if he's like hacked into my actually let's not think about that I get the adverts of the stuff that he's been looking at so I know everything he's looked at and I, there's some stuff I don't want to know um, so some some stuff will pop up on my feed that's inappropriate <laughs> for me to see and I know where he's been spending our money and there's a lot of rum um, which is not the end of the world, but you know, we're on a budget. Well, you know what else is interesting? Uh, you know, you see how far we've come. I used to use Facebook. I don't really use it anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm not friends with either of you, and you're not. Are neither of you friends with me on Facebook? No, we're not. That's and weird, we and we've it? been really good friends for two years now. In real life. In real life, and yet that's not happened. I, I went and checked because I thought, well, I wonder if we did. And you're friends with a couple of people. I think I introduced you to. Yeah. But we're not friends with each other. And Alex, we've got a weird group of mutual friends that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. But we, we have chosen, well, we haven't chosen. It's just because it, it just doesn't come up anymore. It doesn't, does it? That's so strange. Very rarely. Yeah. We just didn't think. So even two years ago, we were like, oh, shit, I'll add you. Yeah. Weird. Where was I? Oh, so, yeah, let's talk about um, Sean Parker, which, again, when I first watched this, I was like, that's fucking Justin Timberlake. Couldn't believe it. And I also can't believe how good he is. Yeah, I mean, that was that was one of the big stories when, yeah. when, when they were putting the film together is, is that it was that Fincher was using Timberlake because Timberlake had launched his acting career he was fine, you know. He felt like he had the tools to be... What was he in before this? God, he was in... Um, I remember there was a film called Edison with um, Kevin Spacey, yeah. who's a producer on this film. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't remember. Other things. No, oh, oh, I think he did The Love Guru with... That's it. Yeah, which yes. obviously wasn't great, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, so that was... It was interesting. Um, it, you know, you wanted someone who... I think he said that 
when he walks into the restaurant, you don't want to think, just think he owns the place. You want to think, oh yeah, he bought the place and then sold it for a huge profit a week before it opened. This is the guy. He's just... On the edge of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, ahead of, he's ahead of the game. I think as well, I think the restaurant scene is a brilliant is a brilliant scene for the three male characters. It's, and it's so well acted. Yeah, it's really good. But also because Sean Parker now, no, at this point he's not living with Mark Zuckerberg. No. There's been a scene at some point before the restaurant scene where it's clear that he, oh no, he, Sean it's, Parker says to that girl. Yeah, he's paid Dakota by Dakota Fanny, Johnson. Dakota Johnson, sorry. Yeah. I haven't got any money. Like I'm kind of wealthy on paper. So I like I like we've got that because when he walks into the restaurant, it's like I bet it's all on credit. Like you're not paying for that meal with actual money. You're just surfing on credit until you get to the next big thing. So it gives Eduardo legitimacy in terms of you sympathize with him because you think, well, maybe Sean Parker is just riding you to get the money mm. uh, because he actually hasn't got any cash in his wallet mm. kind of thing. I do like that scene where it establishes uh, Sean Parker with, with, with the girl. Yeah. In terms of she was taken, she wasn't taken in by him. She was seduced by him or he seduced her um, or vice versa because of his personality, because of false personality. She doesn't know he's Napster guy yeah. at that point. So you're, it's already telling us that he's got this charm. In real life, though, that's not how it happened. Right. Um, he was just shown Facebook by a friend. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then he'd have to do a lot of talking to himself. So yes, you, it is, it's, a, it's actually a massive ex- exposition dump, it that is, scene, yeah. but it's done, it's done really well. And yeah, he just... Um, and I think the other interesting thing in casting him as the guy who launched Napster, which very nearly brought down the record companies, they cast a guy who was so much a record company guy. He was yeah. in a freaking boy band, yeah, you know? that's true. And so that was kind of nicely counterintuitive casting. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think as well, Mark Zuckerberg, the scene is good because he's being wooed by Sean mm. Parker. And it's not because he's paying for stuff because Mark Zuckerberg never cared about money, still doesn't care about money. It's just that he's talking such a good game. But also whether or not you like the Sean Parker character, he is completely right that to monetize it is not cool. Now, Eduardo has to be likable throughout. There's a moment that we'll get to, which I don't like because it betrays that, but he has to be the sort of the nice guy because Mark Zuckerberg is an empty robot. Sean Parker's a bit of a dick. So you need a nice guy, even though he's a rich guy and that's quite hard to um, feel any like deep sympathy or empathy for just because. Just um, but if, if Eduardo was also cool you'd be like, well, why is Mark Zuckerberg not taken in by you in the same mm. way that he is by Sean Parker? And Eduardo's insistence on going, you know, sort of like selling themselves around these little advertising agencies isn't cool. And I remember Facebook, that I remember that fuss that you're not going to get, it will be free, it'll always be free and blah, blah, blah. And it, it did seem like something that a, a teenager would do. Yeah, it's, it's, and that's, I think that is the truth in what Parker brought to this project, uh, to Facebook, was was the the vision to go beyond New York advertisers yeah. to find these angel um, investors and, and to, to invest in Mark, to believe in Mark. And I think, I don't know if it's true in real life, but here it feels like Mark ultimately feels like Eduardo doesn't believe in him. Yeah. Edu- Eduardo's upset that Mark doesn't believe in him, but Mark's upset that Eduardo doesn't believe in him. And so I think that's why it falls apart between the two of them. Yeah. One's just a business wonk and one isn't. And they will have to go on these sort of separate paths. I mean, the next, so then... The next, I loved this scene with the first time I saw it, and I still think it's great. So the interviewing the intern scene, because writing code and programming and hacking, as we know, isn't cool at mm. all. And we think it's cool because films tell us it's cool. So the film Hackers, like the best example of that. Like if you read about hackers, it's slow. It's actually quite slow work, mm. and it's boring. And not everyone looks like Angelina Jolie and all the rest of it. Mm. But the, you have to have a scene where you need you need Facebook to be fun. 
and you want to be jealous and you want to be in it. So the way that the camera's whirling around, the way they've got that Mark Zuckerberg's got these interns coding and hacking while drinking shots. And when Mark Zuckerberg, when the intern wins the place by being the first to complete the challenge and he says, welcome to Facebook, you are like, oh, that's so cool. Like, it looks like a fun thing to do. Yeah. Like, it looks like a college party, which is what it's supposed to make you feel like. Yeah, and, and Fincher talks a little bit about um, what, what you're saying, the frustration and how the hell do we make hacking uh, or creating a website look interesting. I think he does it with the face smashing at the start. I think that scene is exciting. He's managed to shoot that in such a way. Yeah, it's brilliant. But, but Army Hammer times two isn't the only bit of CG that's really uh, cleverly used in this film. Only one scene was shot on Harvard. So all the buildings you're seeing and scenes outside are yeah, CG. Really? Pretty much, yeah. All the landmarks, rather. Yeah. Um, they they had to create, I don't think this has aged so well, uh, fake breath for whenever it's cold. It hasn't, no. no. But... um. Every single screen in this film, and he said there are hundreds, uh, was just blue. Oh, really? There was nothing on a single screen. No one is typing what you're seeing. He said even the stenographer has a, has a blue screen. <laughs> and we added all that stuff in afterwards. And he said the first time I was editing it before we'd done that, he said, I just thought, I thought, what the hell have we done here? This... Why would you not just put some on the screen? <laughs> he just didn't want people concentrating on what they were typing. He wanted them acting. Oh, I see. Mm. Oh, because they would just type nonsense. Yeah, so, so they, are typing, yeah. they are typing nonsense. Yeah. And then someone else is putting in what, what would be put in there. So it's, it's there's almost CG in every single scene. We're just not aware of it. How expensive. Expensive. <laughs> Classic Finch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, as you we talk about angel investors, so Sean Parker, he gets investment from Peter Thiel, who um I was briefly obsessed with for a while, mm. um, after reading about accelerationism. I didn't know that Peter Thiel I think in the few times I've before the last time I saw this film before the, for the podcast, I hadn't gone like headfirst into this excel the world of accelerationism. So I missed that Peter Thiel was an angel investor mm. in Facebook, which I am completely obsessed with now. But it's less interesting because he sold his shares uh, fairly recently. So my, I, this it's not a conspiracy theory, but my obsession with like colliding um, neo-reactionism and Facebook and all the rest of it kind of falls flat because Peter Thiel cashed out ages ago. Um, but anyway, um, let's not talk about um, white supremacy. Let's swiftly move on. Yes, can we... Can you not get onto the subject of accelerationism? Because we <laughs> you know, know how that goes. We know how that goes when you, I'm with you, you and that, sub I, that subject comes up. You mean you don't want to talk about a techno-capitalist singularity? Not again. <laughs> not again. I've sat through it twice. You don't both, times at, both times at frigging parties. I know. I'm so Two hours later. You know, because you're, yeah, I'm the worst person for you. You're always like, oh, I've got an invite. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah. But then you think, no, because I'll just meet some of your friends and be like, let me tell you about Warwick in 19. In fact, it was poor Rory Powers after we after recorded it here. Poor the brunt of it last year. He had a look on his face and said he was interested. And the year before, it was a Hollywood movie star. <laughs> but there's, hey so, there's something in this idea. I'm telling you. Uh, anyway, so the point being, at this point of the film, Sean and the point is, Sean and Eduardo do not get on. That's the thing. So they're not total enemies, but. Sean is going to add to the plot where Eduardo is done out of his shares. And when we're moving towards this, I would say is Eduardo's story, like Mark Zuckerberg's kind of taken a bit of a backseat because you need to see how we end up at the deposition stage. And Eduardo, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he is the self-declared, what is he, like president of the Harvard Finance or something? He's like, he's a big business shot. He puts $18,000 into Mark Zuckerberg's account. He's like, I'm the business person. I'm your CFO. Mm. You don't do anything to do with deals without me. But in this scene where Eduardo is like, oh shit, all my shares have gone, 
Mark Zuckerberg is meant to be the baddie, but he does make a very valid point, which is like, you didn't really look at the deal. And Eduardo gets around that by saying, well, I thought that the lawyers that were in front of me, I thought they were my lawyers. And you would, because he's your mate, so fair enough. But did he just not read the paperwork that he signed originally? Would you like to know some interesting detail about this? Yes, I, I got really excited when I found this. In 2012, um, Business Insider, someone got got hold of Mark Zuckerberg's personal emails from this period. Mm. This is what Mark Zuckerberg wrote to his lawyers about this. Um, so wait, he got hacked, basically, because yeah. otherwise, ooh, interesting. As far as Eduardo goes, it's probably okay to say how many shares we're adding to the pool. It's probably less okay to tell him who's getting the shares just because he might have adverse reaction initially. But I think we may even be able to make him understand that. Is there a way to do this without making it painfully apparent to him that he's being diluted to 10%? Wow. Okay. So it's, that, it's all there, which is, yeah, it's 10% here. Yeah. Which is very different to not what point they three. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, not point naught three, which oh, is yeah. what they present in the film. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting. That was where Zuckerberg's head was at. Right. I mean, are they, I mean, for the in terms of the movie, there's a there's a you know, Eduardo's been done out of the money and Sean Parker's being quite um obsequious and he's like, you know, you need to leave. And Eduardo dummies and then faints like he's gonna hit him. Mm. And Sean Parker flinches. And I absolutely hate it. I hate everything about it. I think you are supposed to think in that scene that Sean Parker is a bit of a wuss because he flinches, which is gross because who wouldn't flinch if someone's going to punch you in the fucking face? It doesn't mean it's not a slight on your character. And Eduardo has to be the full-on good guy. And he can't just throw a punch over business, over something he's kind of, you know... I mean, I'm not, no, not going to keep saying about him not reading the deal, but anyway, don't throw a punch. Um, and, you know, otherwise, if he's not the nice guy, we're watching... 92 hours of an argument between an already rich man, Eduardo, and a man who became very rich. So you need ballast. You need Eduardo to be completely nice. And I think that's why all that stuff is there with Christy Lee, with his girlfriend, who's like pretty nuts and sets fire to a silk scarf on his bed. And he doesn't lose his temper. He, he's like frustrated and he breaks up with her. But he doesn't He doesn't insult her. He doesn't, you know, you don't see, you don't see a crossword from him. And then to be like the tough guy and throw this punch and then say to Sean Parker, I like standing next to you because you make me look tough. It's like, that's, you're being a dick. Yeah, and, and that's the moment that, I mean, Sean Parker really struggled when this film came out. This really sort of got in his head, this presentation of him. And funny enough, that scene is the one that upsets him, but not because of that. Mm. Um, so what happens, how it's presented um, here, what happens to Eduardo, is he believes similar to what happened to him at his previous company, Plaxo, where he was screwed out of it. Right. And this is a direct quote from Parker about this uh, scene. Uh, the part of the movie that frustrated me is actually the scene at the end where the character played by Justin Timberlake, who happens to have my name, basically writes a check to Eduardo, who I'm also... I. He says, I also consider Eduardo a friend of mine and one of the few people at Facebook who still interacts with Eduardo. And he throws the check in his face and has security escort him out of the building. That's just rude. This guy in the movie is a morally reprehensible human being. And so I can totally see that being such a stain in your character. Yeah. To, have, to, to do something that horrible to another human being and yeah. know that that didn't happen. But... People believe that Everyone happened now. This, does, yeah. this is presented as history pretty much here. Yeah, that is a frustration. Mm. I suppose all your lovely money. I don't know if that helps. No, I mean... <laughs> I do feel sorry for him, though. You you don't want to be thought of as that that guy. No. It's not very nice. Um, And then we're kind of done. So Mark Zuckerberg settled... You know, the depositions kind of wrap up and there's this button with Rashida Jones as the law student, uh, Marilyn Delpy, she called... Um, like you say, just, just sowing a few more thematic seeds, which is probably this is made up. And she's a 
she's an expert in how juries uh, assess people and mm-hmm. you know you don't want to take it to a jury because he, she doesn't say you'll come across like some sort of replicant but that's probably what she means yep and and she tells him that creation myths need a devil yeah and i don't think they say it in the film but i think fincher says this on the commentary that it's a f- that was that was said in relation to this story in real life and it was a facebook person who put that out right they're all you know the world wants to portray Mark as a devil because creation stories need them, but yeah. it's not true. No, it's not true. It's he's, not real life. That's the thing I thought. I mean, I just think his brain is... I, well, I think his brain is literally somewhere else because, I, like I said, I think he's a robot, an actual robot. But I do think his brain just doesn't function. Like, you know, when he was in Congress, he wasn't even like... He wasn't present enough to even be bored. But it must be, <laughs> trying to be sympathetic towards him, having these old dudes being like, we will get your tech company with our tech guys. And he must want to say to them... You don't even understand the parameters of the questions you're pretending to ask me kind of thing. Like, I, I've answered this question a thousand... I mean, and they tried to do it with Jesse Eisenberg going, oh, it started raining. And he's like, I, you don't have my full attention because I'm, you know, you're boring me. But I just think to be threatened by people that do not understand the technology, there's no one on his level that could meet him and say, I could have built Facebook, actually, um, and therefore I'm a real threat to you and you need to start abiding by various laws. He's just on a different plane of existence, I think. But didn't didn't other people write f- Facebook before? They just didn't do it as well as him. Like oh, even here, know. for me, I remember the moment that I jumped from MySpace to Facebook right. using it more often was when they added in the um, tagging of pictures. Oh, that changed yeah. everything. Okay. It's like, oh, what a fun thing to! I mean, it's ridiculous now, but what a fun thing to be able to do. Yeah, you're you tag you're... pictures from a night out, and then suddenly you were just on there so much more. Yeah. Um, t- tagging old pictures, tagging new pictures, sharing, laughing, and. Now it's it's embarrassing to think of that, but it, <laughs> take them all down. <laughs> yeah. But um, and and here it's presented as Sean Parker. They say he, that was his idea. Yeah, but you know these things were out there. It was just, and I guess we'll get into this with Jobs. Was it him? It wasn't just he had the brain, but he was able to harness all these other thoughts and ideas and yeah. synergies and people and and talent. Do it before anyone else. Mm. Yeah. Or do it after the no, I'm saying I think he did it after everyone else. He just did it better. Okay. Because friends he's literally on the on the thing, isn't it? Friendster and MySpace. Yeah, I forgot. When about he's trying Friendster. to come up with a name for it. Yeah. Yeah, I never I never I never even looked at Friendster. No. I mean that's the thing that I see this you're just a better person than I because the tagging photos, I was like, oh God, it's like hangover admin. No, you're all right. I've got enough to mm. do. I don't want to go through and tag everyone. I can't be bothered. I like getting tagged, I used to, but I was a bad friend in that way. I would never do it for you. No. Can't be asked. Um, so yeah, anyway, Mark Zuckerberg settles, the Winklevoss twins get 65 million and Eduardo Saverin gets an undisclosed sum, which I was curious about because mm. does that mean Eduardo is the plaintiff So in that deposition? So does that mean it's undisclosed because of his terms or because of Mark Zuckerberg's terms? I don't know, but <clears throat> it, it's also his name is restored to the masthead. Yeah. So I imagine he got a lot of money. This is the thing, but yeah. So it must be a lot. But who is it that doesn't want? If Mark Zuckerberg doesn't want you to know, it's because it's an embarrassing amount. If Eduardo Saverin doesn't want you to know, it's because it's too low. So I always wonder who gets to choose. You, we don't tell anyone what it is. But mm. I imagine, I imagine it would be a bargaining, a negotiation mm. tactic from Mark Zuckerberg. I will give you more than you have asked for. Not more, but a lot. If we never tell anyone mm. how much it was, maybe so. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um. But then we've got Mark. Um, looking up Erica Albright, yeah, and sending her a friend request, and then refreshing the page like a stalker. It's a weird place for the film to end, though. Yeah. I think, um, because and fin- I think Sorkin has said um, that th- that's the greatest liberty we took. 
Right. Because this, th- ridi- this is that just sort of ridiculous. Because he got together with his now wife quite early on at uni. Yeah. They've been together, you know, he's, he seems very happily married. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a weird, I think it's a weird note to end it on. To, just to circle back to the fact, yeah, this was actually all about this girl and still might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it is, uh, uh, wanting her approval feels like the biggest lie that this film tells to me. And I suppose it showed he's fallen prey to the thing he created. So it's, he's now, he's not the master anymore, kind of, which is obviously not true. Mm. But I, I mean, I've never done that. I've, I would hesitate over sending the friend request. And then once it's gone, I'd be like, God, I wish I'd never done that. But I wouldn't sit there and constantly refresh because that's batshit behaviour. Yeah. Um, it, it says that um, at the time they made this film, so what was it, 2010? Yeah. Um, Facebook had 500 million members and it was valued at 25 billion. <laughs> As of March this year, 2.85 billion users. Right. And um, earlier in the year, it, it hit over a trillion dollars. Right. So it's down to, uh, last time I looked, it was down to 911 billion. Right, so but, I don't know what that means. But when it hit a trillion, it, it joined a small club of tech companies, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon and Alphabet to have achieved a trillion dollar market cap. Right. And there's not, if they all cash in at the same time, there's not enough money in the world to pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so just a, a bit of what they've said after this film came out. Um, I mentioned what Zuckerberg said to Oprah Winfrey. Uh, you know, wanted, he just wanted to build things. He said the thing they got most right was my wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot to go on about that. I hate that. That Silicon Valley uniform of like, I'm a good guy because I wear fucking sliders and yep. I don't give a shit. But he, he did only wear flip-flops at Harvard by all accounts. Yeah. Zuckerberg. Um, Dustin Muscovitz said, um, it's interesting to see my past rewritten in a way that emphasises things that didn't matter, like the Winklevosses, who I've still never met <laughs> and had no part in the work we did to create this site over six years. <laughs> yeah. um, but he also adds, I'm just going to choose to remember that we drank ourselves silly and had a lot of sex with co- sex with co-eds because that never happened. Oh, that's so nice. So he said he's going to pretend. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Parker said, I don't um, I don't mind being depicted as a decadent partier because I don't think there's anything morally wrong with that. But I do mind being depicted as an unethical mercenary operator because I do think there is something uh, that's wrong with that. Yeah, I think it's fair enough. Um, what can you do? Mm. Sue them. Sue him. Not up. Uh, all right, let's do the bits. I nearly said questions though. Sorry, that was a bit weird. Um, but I'm going to call them bits because that's what they're called. They are called that, aren't they? <laughs> right, what was your best scene? Uh, I... Uh... I think I'm with you on that that fake punch. That is bad, but I I just think that's a great scene when Eduardo realizes the truth. Yeah, um, it's so dramatic, and it's the third time, um, the song, when hand covers bruise kicks in by Trent Reznor and Atticus mm. Ross, which wasn't it nearly wasn't used in the film. The first time it's used is when Mark's running across campus, and that was going to be an Elvis Costello song, but then um. Reznor and Ross sent him this, which was bits and pieces of other stuff they were going to use. And it became the most important piece of music in the film. And it's used at the three most important moments in the movie. And so, uh, yeah, I just think the drama of that scene is, I get excited when it's coming up when I watch it. Yeah, it is brilliant. Uh, I want to give a shout out to when Eduardo writes an algorithm for Face Smash on a window in Magic Market Mm. because... In films like this, there's never any paper around, is there, when you're a genius? You have to write on the nearest available vertical surface. It's just the, one of the rules of, like, Beautiful Mind. Uh, I know the, I know it's a black boy, but still, Goodwill Hunting. It's like, oh, somebody's come to me. Quick, find a wall now. <laughs> there's a sitcom called Black Monday. I don't know if you've seen it with no. Don Cheadle. 
um, and it's set in the 80s. And there is a scene where Cheadle in a big apartment does this. It's a, it's a sitcom. He is on so much cocaine <laughs> when he's doing it. And the windows just, they get out. Like, all these apartment windows get covered in it. Because also it's like, why have you got, why have you, got a magic marker but not a pen and why have you not got any paper you're a student and it's pre kind of having a computer all the time but obviously it works brilliantly so anyway um but i would i would be picking like a dialogue set piece because of the nature of this script and so i am going to choose the opening that i went uh on on about where it's between erica and mark zuckerberg and it's all back and forth but there is a structure to the conversation which is going to be buttoned by him disrespecting her about her attendance at bu and it just kicks you off in the most amazing way. It brings you in as well if you're an outsider to the American like university system on, and their class system in that why would he regard himself to be any better? As far as we're concerned, Harvard and BU are the same thing. And so we kind of need telling that they're not. Um, and it makes it clear what is it about this man that is about to change your life, why you would care to watch this film, which is why I didn't care before because I didn't care about Facebook and I thought it was going to be sort of a straight biography mm. and it isn't. No. And it's all in that opening scene. Agreed. I think we picked the two best scenes. So what's your most valuable whatever? Um, lots to lots to choose from here. This is tricky, uh, but I'm going to sort of tie in with what I said uh, just now. I'm going for Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross because I think it's an incredible score. Um, it's one of those that I listen to and write to all the time. It's, it's oh God, it makes me feel so many emotions, but also it changed how films and documentaries are scored. I know it's used as a temp on everything at the moment. Mm. And then sometimes it's used on everything. <laughs> they've bought the rights to it or they've said to their um, the, their musicians, do that, write something like <laughs> the, the social network See score. that, do that. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's magic. But there's a million other people I could have picked on this one. So Vicky, who are you going for? I do really like Andrew Garfield. I think the more I want, it's, it's a hard thing, isn't it? It's what you said at the start about him having access to his emotions mm. Jesse Eisenberg does a brilliant job of playing a robot that doesn't give a shit about you, but it means it's hard to pick him. Um, and I think Andrew Garfield is great, but I am obviously going to pick Aaron Sorkin, particularly this script. This script to me feels like it's, you know, sometimes I get really obsessed with scripts. So the script for When Harry Met Sally and Thelma and Louise, and because they feel like they're in a live thing in their own right, like they are like a person. That's what this script is, which is a really inadequate way of saying it's a brilliant script, but mm. it just, and I think it's important. I feel all right to pick it because when we get to Steve Jobs, obviously it's by the same writer and there are differences. This script is alive in its own right. It's an incredible thing. So the script. Fantastic. Uh, what would you change? So I really, really don't like the Rashida Jones character. Oh my God, neither do I. Mm. Fincher believes she brings the whole thing home, that character, but the di her dialogue and it's her so questions lame. are so clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and I hate that line she has at the end. Uh, you're not an asshole. You're just trying so hard to be. Yeah. You know that's telling us what to think about him, yeah. and it's cringeworthy. You know, I I get. You Why know, it's called back to that. And, oh. Yeah. It's it's just I don't buy her character. She's she's an obvious you know narrative device that Aaron Sorkin's using, and I feel like we could make these points without having her be the dumbest person in the room she slash a, cleverest person also, in the room. Yeah, because at the beginning, he says that she gets it wrong about the number of followers or the number of people yeah. that logged on to or use Face Smash. Mm. And she's like, 2,200? Wow. And he's like, no, 22,000. She's <laughs> like, you should fucking know that. She, You're she, representing she, she, him. She's stupid or wise, depending on what's required. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I just, I think that's a bummer. Um, but also, I think having put Army Hammer's head on Josh Pence's 
body. I think this is a larger question. I think we should put Josh Pence's head on Army Hammer's body in all the films he's made. <laughs> oh, and I didn't say that. Yeah, Josh Pence has a line in the movie. What does he do? So um, the scene where um, Eduardo and Mark uh, have sex with those girls in the bathroom yeah. and then they're outside the bathroom waiting oh, for the yeah, girls to get yeah. ready. He's the guy that tries to get in the bathroom. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he, they gave him a moment. We saw his face. Yeah. Um, my change is I'm a I'm a big fan of Max Minghella because of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Uh, yeah, and also I have read interviews with Divya Narendra, and he's happy, or he was happy at the time of the interview with the casting. But it looks and it feels off, and it looks like brownface, and at best it is distracting, and at worst it's fucking worse than that. It's not good, um, and um, it's there's no slight on Max Minghella. But when he pops up, you're just like, whoa, wait a second. I wasn't going to say this, but yeah, Fincher, I think he said he read 100 Indian actors and, and he couldn't find what he was looking for. And he said he's seen real footage of Divya and he doesn't look at all ethnic beyond the tan. Oh, shit, so me. That's, that's, that's a bad I... quote. That... Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say so, because I want to like David Fincher. Oh, no. It was 10 years ago. Beyond the different... tan. <laughs> it, was a different... it was a different time. <laughs> So that is honestly my change. Like, sure, it's don't fair do enough. That. Don't yeah, do that. agreed. Uh, that's it. Okay, well, there's no Alex, so there's no quiz, meaning you're still in the lead this I know, year, Vicky. It's so awesome. It's <laughs> such a good feeling. What a wimp he is. And I'm going to try and keep score this time. Um, so <laughs> I'll take the opportunity to again uh, plug Fanuary. Um <laughs> which is being curated by you. So simply send your pairings to show at clashpod.com and we'll pick the best from the 399 and counting that we've received thus far. Oh, really? We've got a good idea of what we want to do, but it's open. And as I've said before, we might extend it into February because we're getting... There's so many that I've bolded that would be great on the on the shared Google Doc, which Alex has been messing up, by the way. We let him type some stuff in last yeah. year, didn't we, when we were in the pub? I was very uncomfortable. I was and deeply uncomfortable about it. he made several mistakes. I don't think he knows how to type. He doesn't know the rules of the Google Doc. He, he's, he won't take the time to learn them. And I went in there to have a I was like, steady on, mate. Come on. It's upsetting. Um, so uh, now it's clue time. And these are Alex's <laughs> choices. So it's Alex's clue. Uh, Vicky or Alex today. Yeah. Would you like to do the clue? Yeah. It's... <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. Are you ready? Bowling, dude. Bowling. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> Say, say it again. It's really important the way I say it. Yeah, yeah. Because you'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get it? I know what the films are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean. Oh wait, behind the curtain. I don't want to say do too. <laughs> I don't want to say too much here. Ready? Bowling, dude. Bowling. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> Can we talk about it off air? Uh, right, that's your lot. Uh, if you haven't already, and as a New Year gift to us, please subscribe and all rate and or review our dumb podcast if you have the time. And do check in with us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod for additional bits and pieces, including an additional clue. Not that you'll need one after that. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be back on Thursday to talk Steve Jobs. Cheerio. This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.